0: Hi, this is Kristen Bass with encouragement from Kristen's Backyard. If this is your first time here, let me give you a little background on the many hats I wear. I am a Dallas, Texas-bred girl living in Atlanta, Georgia, who is a wife and mom, choreographer, and artistic director, author, homesteader, founder, and life organizer of Traveling Psychology Girl, LLC, where we declutter and organize your mind, home, and office. And I am an educator, which is what led me to do this podcast. If you like nature and the Bible, you have come to the right place. Here, I take elements of nature, insects, animals, and apply their behaviors and characteristics to biblical characters and principles. Sit back and enjoy. Encouragement from Kristen's Backyard. There is an interesting grasshopper looking bug that I have been seeing for quite some time now. It's very unique looking. It looks kind of like... um, well, I should say it has a cone head. That's really the easiest way to say it. And it has a cone head and it's the it being the easiest way to come up with that is because it's actually called the cone head grasshopper. Or it's called a common cone head. So it's not a conehead grasshopper per se, but it's actually called a common conehead. But it kind of looks like a grasshopper, um, but it's actually a katydid. And I'm going to read about this insect, but the best way I can describe it is to simply tell you that it looks a bit like a leaf. It has a conehead size shaped head has two long extended legs in the back that kind of looks like a grasshopper. It has this long tail that will almost make you think it's got a stinger on it, although it's not a stinger. And it has two long antennas in the front. So very weird looking common cone head. It looks like a cone head grasshopper. Coming from insectidentification.org, common cone heads have faces that are pinched into a cone shape. The pointed heads of some species may even have a knob at the nose, like other katydids. Common cone heads can jump, fly, and sing. Most are green and mimic leaves, the antenna are much longer than its body. Powerful hinges are long, much longer than the front sets of legs. Females bear a long sword like, you know, that little thing at the back, used for laying and fertilizing eggs inside of plant tissue. And it, it might be even longer than the rest of the female's body. Uh, For this reason, some species are called sword-bearer coneheads. Okay. Um, Let's see. How much more do I want to read about this? The adults and nymphs chew on grasses of all kinds, including corn crops. Some can deliver a painful bite to careless people. Thanks to its strong uh, jaws made for chewing through tough plant fibers take note of that so if you see this you may not want to play with it you may want to tell your children not to play with it um they're active during the early summer or during the summer and early fall when grasses are at is at their peak growth they can be found by listening to their song which is what i kind of want to play for you right now I'm going to see if I can actually play it and if you can hear it let's see let's see if I can do that turn my volume up here there is a lot of different types of cone heads I'm gonna play just a few let's see So hopefully you can hear that. It's just like a buzzing sound. Here's another one. Usually hear these mostly at night. But that my dear is how they sound. And truthfully I've heard that sound all my life I feel like. (laughs) Just never knew what was doing it. So now you know, if you hear that sound, it's coming from the common cone head. So this particular, Katie did, of course, reminded me of a particular character in the Bible. And actually, I'm gonna say that I've done a few podcasts talking about judges, the different judges that God put to protect and make judgment for the Israelites. And so I thought about this common cone head and how relatable, I think, just kind of having a series on judges, how relatable some of the characteristics are to a particular judge and actually several of them. So I decided to continue with that trend and talk about another judge because most of us is only used to hearing about one particular judge which is Samson but there were more judges than Samson and because of the fact that this book likes to sing but that it can give a painful bite because You know, some of these bugs that you see that are kind of like grasshoppers, they don't really look harmless. Uh, This bug looks very weird, but it definitely does not look harmless. And kind of like the assassin bug. I never could have ever imagined that the assassin bug would have been harmful. But it's amazing to know that these bugs that don't really look harmful are... Quite harmful, Um, and so why not apply that to the judges in the Bible? Because I'm sure that all of them didn't look like they were harmful, but when they needed to be, they were quite harmful and damaging to anyone that was in their way. So, when I come back, I'm gonna come back and talk about a particular judge that is not mentioned pretty much more than two times in the Bible and not mentioned even much within the whole text and chapter of where you can find it. So I'll talk about that after this message. When I left, I was talking about the Common Cone Head. It is a leaf-like bug that looks like a grasshopper that is in the katydid family. And it can strike a very painful bite. Uh, and it's it's weird looking. <laughs> so, the characteristic of this harmless looking bug that can strike a painful bite and sing a buzzing song that all of us have probably heard in our backyards at night in particular reminds me of a judge in the bible named Shamgar. Now the interesting thing about Shamgar is he's not mentioned much at all but I think The even more interesting part about Shamgar is the one or two scriptures literally that is that's in the Bible that talks about him makes you wonder just how significant he was that he did make the pages. I mean, he made, you know, a a small page, but, you know, not even a page, I should say, just just a, a scripture, one scripture. But he made it in the Bible. And I think the fact that he made it in with what he did was very significant judges chapter three coming from the new international version if you go all the way down now in chapter three it talks about multiple judges it has several of them in there i've mentioned multiple on this podcast during this series But shamgar is all the way down there is 31 verses in this whole chapter and Shamgar is only mentioned in the 31 or 31st verse <laughs> he only got one scripture but let me read to you what this one scripture says Shamgar after Ehud or Ehud came Shamgar son of Anath who struck down 600 Philistines with an ox gold He, too, saved Israel. That is all. (laughs) That, my dear, is all. Shamgar struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goad. He, too, saved Israel. I find it very interesting that A lot of these judges did not use swords. Of course, there wasn't any guns during this time. They used whatever was convenient. They used whatever was convenient. And I'm going to talk about an ox goad. But before I go there, the only other time that Shamgar is mentioned is in Judges chapter 5. Verse 6, in the days of Shamgar, son of Aneth, in the days of Jael, I talked about her, the highways were abandoned. Travelers took to winding paths. Well, <laughs> I, all it's talking about is the landscape. <laughs> it's not really saying anything about Shamgar. Those are the only two scriptures that I have been able to find on Shamgar. So the fact that he's even mentioned just one time lets you know how significant he is and who he was. Let me tell you what an ox goat is. It is a traditional farming implement used to spur or guide livestock usually oxen which are pulling a plow or a cart used also to round up cattle it is a type of long stick with a pointed end also known as the cattle prod or prode The word is from Middle English goad, from Old English gad. Okay, really? Shamgar took what was available and he had enough confidence in himself and in the power of God and in his strength to know that he could wipe out a whole bunch of folk with something that's not even considered a weapon, which we know that anything can be used as a weapon, but this was something that you guide oxen with. That tells me that any one of us can take whatever we have and make it work. There were times when I was growing up, I watched my grandmother not have a a lot of money, not have a lot of food, but she took whatever she had and she made it work. Some of you may be familiar with the term goulash. It doesn't sound very good, but goulash is something that when you don't have a lot, you take what you have and you create something usually food you don't have a lot of food but you have some corn and you have some beans and you have some pieces of chicken and you put it all together in one pot and you make some cornbread and boom you got some goulash which is just really a more ethnic word for soup but mom's season it's real good and, and it tastes very good right I myself, I have three children. I've been in, you know, I haven't had a lot of situations where I had to try to, you know, put meals together. But there has been plenty of times where I didn't have a whole lot, but I had enough and I took what I had and I made it work for my children and I made a meal out of it and what they got was a phenomenal meal not knowing that all I may have had was four or five ingredients and it's because I took what I had and I utilized it and it was important and I made it become something maybe you don't know how to read there's people that you know we've read about in history that didn't know how to read and I think George Washington Carver did not know how to read but he taught himself how to read and you teach yourself how to read you got to work with something you take what you got and you work with it until you can accomplish it right I am a dancer But I had never learned how to dance on point and I never learned how to tap. I just did, you know, ballet, modern jazz, but I never did point. And so um, I remember about, you know, maybe eight, nine years ago, I took a tap class. And when I was taking the tap class, I had had so much fun in the tap class. I said, well, dang I may not have mastered this, but I sure enough did a pretty good job. I learned a few things. I I need to master one more thing because then I'll have the whole dance, you know, thing down. And so I decided to buy myself a pair of point shoes and I had access to a studio and I went down to that studio every evening and I literally taught myself how to dance on point. Now, I can't do what they do in the nutcracker but I pretty can manage pretty well in some point shoes and so I put on some point shoes I recently put them back on I hadn't put them on in about 10 years well I guess yeah let's see that was about eight years maybe it wasn't even that long ago maybe that was about probably that probably was about 10 years ago and so I wore those shoes and I hadn't put them on since. And I recently, I have a production coming up and I wanted to dance some point for that production. And so I pulled those shoes back out and this was like trying to get back on the horse, right? But you take what you have and you do something with it. Maybe you don't have a, a lot of education. Who says you have to have a lot of education? What is it that you want to do? Take what you know and do something with it. Maybe that means going back to school or going to school. Maybe that means taking a class. Just paying for a class at a vocational school or taking an online class with someone. You know, doing what you can and making it work. You take what you have And you do something with it. When Jesus was with a multitude of people. He had to feed 5,000. All he had was two fish. And five loads of bread. But somehow. Nobody went hungry. And it says in that text that they had more than enough. So that meant that people could come back for seconds. There was some left over because Jesus somehow figured out a way to take what he had and he did something with it. And that's what Shamrod did. Or Shamgar, Shamrod, Lord have mercy. Shamgar. that's what he did. Shamgar, that's what he did. He took what he had and he had A tool that you use for oxen. And he gave quite the bite, quite the sting when it was unexpected. Just like the common head or the cone head, the common cone head. Whatever it is that you want to do, take what you have and work with it. You don't have to wait until you have a whole lot of money to go do whatever you feel like you got to do to make it work. No, take what you have. Look around. What is it that you have around you in your possessions? Let's say that you want to learn how to sew. Okay, you can't afford to buy a sewing machine yet, but you have needle and thread. Take that needle and thread, find something that has a hole in it, and just hem it up. Turn the shirt inside out and sew up that hole. You start where you can start. You take what you got and you do something with it. And you do that until you're able to get a sewing machine. And then when you master the sewing machine, maybe you can get something else that's a little bit more advanced. You take what you got. You do something with it. Before I went to college, I had to I I I had to get my GED. And I remember um, I went to enroll Um in a GED class and when I went to enroll I was so ready but I was disappointed because it, they were not taking applicants at that time they they actually was full and so the teacher had told me that she would have to get me the following semester but she told me she said don't go home and twiddle your thumbs that's what she told me Miss <laughs> Lynn shout out to Miss Lynn if she's listening amazing teacher is because of her That I am who I am as far as going to college and everything. She believed in me. She, oh my gosh, amazing woman. I definitely give honor to her. But she told me, she said, okay, you can't get in right now. You have a few months, but don't go home and twiddle your thumbs. She said, go to the store, get you a GED book and start reading it. So by the time you come to class, you will be a step ahead. Well, I couldn't go, right? I couldn't go to class because I I couldn't get in right away because it was full. But I took what I had. I went to the store. I got me, I went to the local bookstore and I got me a GED book and I went home and I studied that book every day like I was in school. I took it serious. And by the time I finished the book, it was time to start. And I got in there. And I took the class. I took what I had. And I did something with it. Taking what you have. Do something with it. Taking what you have. Is so vital. To your success. It's so important. To what you are destined to do. And so you have to sit and think about. Okay. What is it that I want to do? What do I have in my possessions? That possess- what's in your possessions could be natural, but what's in your possessions could just be a mind shift. It could be faith because sometimes you just your faith is not there. So sometimes it's doing what you need to do to build your faith. Reading a self-help book, of course, opening up the word of God and reading it. Maybe watching a YouTube video of someone who is credible, okay, creditable, creditable, doing what you need to do. Take what you got and do something with it. When our chickens—this is probably gonna sound so weird—but when our chickens, we had a very nice chicken coop for them, and a storm came, uh, Hurricane Zeta. And the tree fell down. And the tree fell on a chicken coop. <sighs> Let me tell you, we didn't have time to go buy a chick another chicken coop and build it. We didn't have time. We came out. A tree was literally on top of my chickens. They happened to be closed in a certain way to where they did not die. They were they, they did not perish. But they had nowhere to go. We had to put them somewhere. We didn't have time to go shopping around. We didn't have time to hey, say, hey, I need to build this. I need you to come over and help me put this in. We did not have time. So we literally had to take what we had and do something with it until we could go get something else. We had pallets. We cut out as much of the wood from under the tree as we could. We salvaged what we could and we got out i called a friend of mine she came over we literally was out immediately once we realized the tree had fallen of course you know it had it fell in during the night and we saw it the next morning but early the next morning and we got out here and we got to work we took whatever we had whatever type of utensils whatever types of of tools I had around we took what we had and we did something with it we had a safe place by the night for them to be in until we could do something different take what you have and do something with it and that is what I leave with you my loves that is what he did. And it was impactful because it made the Bible, even though it was one scripture, it was a powerful scripture. Because if you would never know who this man was... Who he was outside of what he did in that one scripture, you at least know that he was powerful enough to have made it in the scripture it's kind of even like those people that make it in and it don't they don't even have a name it's the woman at the well, the woman with the issue of blood they made an impact that even though we don't even know their name, the fact that it's a woman automatically identifies them as one person that you know of that one person when you hear that woman that woman that man at the gate called beautiful, even if he was just sitting there being lazy or whatever the case, and lazy mindset, not asking for help or not doing whatever he needed to do, it was still impactful because you can do something that's not even that great that but it' still be impactful. You can do something that's not that positive. We have plenty of things that's gone on in this world that was not positive. 9-11. But it was impactful. It had an impact. It hurt. It was painful. It put our country at a bad position in a bad place. It put us all emotionally in a bad place. Shamgar was impactful and so you should be too. Thank you so much for listening to Encouragement from Kristen's Backyard and I will be with you next time. Hi this is Kristen and thank you so much for listening to Encouragement from Kristen's Backyard. You know the Bible says in John 3 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You know, maybe after listening to the podcast, if you are not saved, you're thinking, I would love to give my life to Christ. If so, all you have to do is confess your sins to him, ask him to forgive you, and he will, and then say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. And you know what? It is done. You are saved. If you enjoy listening to the podcast and want to follow me on social media, I am at three different places on Instagram. You can follow me at KB Simple Life, Encouragement from Kristen, or my business page, Traveling Psychology Girl. Thank you so much for listening and supporting what I'm doing here God bless you God bless you and I will be with you next time